Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 287 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? Hello, hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you, Dave? I'm very, very well, thanks. What have you been up to? I have had quite a busy February. Obviously, just over a week ago, we had Star Drop on Disney+, and I know you've spoken about it the last couple of weeks, but it was, for me, it was like a child in a sweet shop. <laughs> I, sat, I sat down on the day, and I was like, what, what to watch? I want to watch this, I want to watch it. It literally became like too much, and so I yeah. sort of really toned everything down, and I started watching the new stuff. I thought, let me get started on that before I start binging. Um, so I, I binged the first two episodes of Love, Victor, yep. uh, the first episode of Big Sky, and the first two episodes of Solar Opposites. And then I've now since watched the third episode of Solar Opposites. Um, really enjoyed that. I, I wasn't expecting. I saw it's the creators of uh, Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty has, it's an acquired taste, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, what I think I like Solar Opposites are doing is like the cross plot with the terrarium yes. in, the, in the children's bedroom. I just, I've been hooked on that. And I'm just like, oh, well, it's a secondary plot and I'm more interested in that. But I think that's how they, they've won it over a little bit. So no, I'm I'm really impressed. Have you watched, you've watched Solar yeah, Opposites? Yeah, well, I've, yeah. I've watched, uh, I watched Big Sky and, and Solar Opposites as well. Solar Opposites, it is very Rick and Morty in a lot yeah. of, you know, in the way the humour is put together. There are a lot of similarities. You can very much tell it's one of the Rick and Morty co-creators that has had a hand in this. Um, yeah. It's sort of similar in the same way that American Dad is similar to Family Guy. It's yeah. it's yeah. they're very much sort of that kind of partnership of shows. I really enjoyed it, and I totally agree with you about the subplot. Solar Opposites, if you don't know what it's about, is is about this family of aliens that have crash landed on Earth, and they're sort of forced to live in this sort of suburban society. Half the family thinks it's great. The matriarch, patriarch of the family, the sort of head of the group hates it generally but also wants to be loved by the people around him as well which is is just really really fun the kids have this ongoing project which is shrinking humans and putting them in terrarium and that becomes its entirely own story of like life in this terrarium which is, <laughs> is just hilarious because they've got like their own little societies and stuff set up I think the life in the terrarium could just be a show on its own I mean it's just superb no I really enjoyed it and um, Love Victor's very good got a nice little link to how it connects to its film Love, Simon. Um, and so those were the ones I, I started like watching straight away. I, I then just, I started putting using the watch list function, which I hadn't used previously yeah. to think about the things I'd like to watch. But there's so much great stuff on there from like when I was younger as well. Am I ready to get back into that now or find a good time to watch that? And so I stacked a few things up um, that I think I do want to go back and watch. I want to watch 24 again. Um, 
I really want to watch Flash Forward. I know it didn't, you know, it was a classic when it was released, but it didn't do so well after its first no. few episodes. But, you know, I, want to, I put Alias on there. I never watched Alias. A lot of my friends I tell me I do want to watch it. that. As, yeah, that's one that yeah. I want to go back and catch up with. So, I've, yeah, I've started selecting it. Really exciting that we have this another sort of wave of good programming on. But as you would expect, at the same time, all the other channels are starting to ramp up their programming as well. Knowing that Star came along, you're having all the programs slowly seeping back into now tv yeah. some great stuff coming on a netflix and suddenly my, my brain goes to a bit like oh my god too much too much but yeah. no i'm enjoying it so far over to my weekly watcher i suppose we'd talk about wandavision um and i don't know if we want to do a bit of a spoiler here for I people can, who haven't watched it yeah go on i will put a spoiler alerted hold on one moment spoilers 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 so, yes, latest episode of WandaVision. Yeah. Oh, my. It's so good. I want all the awards to go to Catherine Hahn right now. Yeah. Um, her as Agatha is just fantastic. And, you know, I thought I knew my stuff about, like, the Avengers and X-Men. But now just learning more about Agatha Harkness and her background. And she is the true mentor of Scarlet Witch. And that yeah. is just, like, coming to life in this. And I'm just so intrigued. And I sort of said to one of my other friends, who's watching at the same time as me i'm like although we're setting her up to be the villain i still think there's a bigger twist here i think katherine hahn might be redeemable maybe that's me personally dave <laughs> wanting katherine hahn to be redeemable and her to become part of a, a fight with wanda and to get the best out of wanda so she can defeat a bigger villain in their lives yeah um, although it's currently being delivered in the way that she is the main villain but i like oh my god i'm so so excited about episode nine do you think there's going to be a big character come into episode nine i um, do wonder if they're going to bring somebody bigger in um yeah i don't know it's intriguing because one of the things that episode nine sets up as well as the sort of the, this thing about wonder using chaos magic and also it's the first time we actually hear the name scarlet witch in the yeah. show and they make a point of pointing out a few episodes ago when they're talking about what's a code name and they make a point of pointing out that nobody has actually given Wanda a code name. She's just Wanda. So this is the first time that we actually hear the name Scarlet Witch as well. Um, I do wonder if they are going to bring in a a bigger character, either one of the other Avengers or in the comic books, Scarlet Witch's father is Magneto. Magneto. (laughs) So whether you could bring that in possibly, because it seems to be implying that yeah, we, we assume that their powers came from the Tesseract, which is, yeah. you know, that that was, it was the, the, the Loki. Yeah. yeah, in the flashback, you know, the Loki's stick was the thing that they were experimenting on that gave the twins their powers, or that's what it seemed like. Whereas, I, if I remember correctly, what Agatha seems to be suggesting is the power was sort of already there, all the yeah. stick did yeah, was release it, it and, and, and enhanced it, which implies that there was a latent mutant gene there. Yeah. So, I do wonder whether they're going to kind of retrofit this into being mutants 
um, yeah. into into her actually being mutants, which would be an interesting way of doing it. And whether if they do that, whether we're then going to get sort of the person that we've seen as your father so far that we've seen in the flashbacks isn't actually your father and, you know, your father was actually Magneto and, you know, whether, whether we're going to get into that and they are going to tie it in properly. Um, yeah. So there are some interesting ways to go forward with this, but I, I think it could be intriguing if they sort of out her as being the first mutant would be good. Yeah. We've had a few discussions in our friendship group that, yeah. you know, the sway is going towards Stephen Strange, Dr. Strange, because obviously yeah. it's setting up his movie. I've thrown a wild card in going, what if it's one of the Spider-Men showing that we might be already playing around with the multiverse? Could they, yeah. you know, uh, but there's, you know, I understand the whole background and I've been saying it for ever since the, the twins started and there was that whole discussion about whether Fox or Marvel could use them and depending on who they were and the father being Magneto and I'm like, you know, could this start the X-Men? We've heard uh, Reed Richards being mentioned um, yeah. in, in sort of discussions. So could it be the start? There's so much potential, but I just love these little crumbs. They drop us. Um, and sometimes I think, am I being crazy? So she said she was Pierto's eyes and ears. And then we saw that mid credit sequence of seven where Piotr meets Photon and says snooping. And it's like, well, is that actually Agatha? Can Ag- yeah. is Agatha knowing that Photon snooping? And it, so there's so, it's so exciting. I can't wait for episode nine. I'm going to be up early on Friday to watch it. The friends I watch it with, they normally watch it on a Friday night. And mm. I said, I'm really sorry, but I'm on annual leave this week. So I'm going to be at yours at eight <laughs> o'clock and we are going to watch it together when it's released nationally, because I don't think I can go the whole day waiting and they're like okay that's yeah fine. no i'm um, i'm very much the same it's like the first thing i watch on a friday morning because otherwise i can't go and look at any social media which is quite difficult to do in my job <laughs> so i always watch it first thing yeah loving it so uh that's that's the spoiler moment over so we can end the section there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> my film of the month so i'm really trying to get back into films like slowly and sort of like really appreciate them again hoping for when the cinema opens back later in the year i can really start enjoying to go so my film of the month i'm going to call out a little bit late to the party but soul i watched it in full this month and it it is beautiful it sends a really beautiful message and it's a really great story some beautiful music part of me is so sad that these aren't getting full cinema releases because i think they're being missed by so many people um, because they might not have access to disney plus or there's not enough of the marketing and going going with it that we'd normally get in some of our great ones but soul for me it is an actually brilliant story. It reminds me a lot of, oh, forgotten the name of a sudden, the one Inside, Inside Out. Out. Yeah. yeah. Reminds yeah. me a lot say. of that. To be able to educate children and to understand souls. And, you know, that's quite a nice way of delivering it. So absolutely love that film. Um, have you seen it, Dave? Yes, I have. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie. Inside Out is possibly my favourite Pixar film. I think it's just beautiful the way that they put that together. And Soul is definitely up there. It's that taking a sort of more high concept idea and turning it into something that is understandable and educational in terms of how to deal with feelings and that sort of stuff, which is what they did with Inside Out. It's very much what they're doing with Soul. The best Pixar movies to me are ones that have teachable things in them. And you do get some of that in Toy Story and Up had some of that as well. But uh, the same with Monsters, Inc. actually and Wally, they all have a little something. I think it's more blatant in things like Inside Out and certainly I think it's more obvious in something like Soul as well. But... uh, it's beautifully beautifully put together that film and um, really interesting and really fun so uh, as well and as you say the music is great as 
as well. So yeah. uh, really, really enjoy that. It's uh, well, well worth going to watch. Yeah, that's my movie of the month. And other things I've just sort of finished, um, you know, catching up, fitting them in when I can. Finish the Cecil Hotel or Cecil Hotel if you're in England, Cecil if you're in America. Yeah. Um, finished Death in Paradise, which was a really frustrating cliffhanger that we've got to wait nearly a year for. Uh, Finally got around to watching Watchmen. Oh, that was amazing. I can't believe I didn't get around to it originally for yeah. the first, but you know, it was on Now TV, so I binged that over a couple of nights. Also, Bulletproof South Africa. Really enjoy that series, but they came back for a special set of episodes uh, based in South Africa. And finally, finished Bridgerton after watching the first few episodes and thinking, well, this isn't too raunchy. And then I got to the episode <laughs> where it's and I was like, there it is. It was hiding all along. <laughs> now realize where it all is. Uh, but again, that, that was really good. Apart from the very frustrating extra long final episode, right. I was like, oh, I'm going to finish it one more episode. It's like an hour and 10 or hour and 20 minutes. I was like, oh, come on. But no, I, I've had a really good uh, month sort of finishing things that people have been talking about. So that that's me. Dave, uh, how about you? And have you seen any of the ones I mentioned? I've started watching the uh, Cecil Cecil Hotel. Uh, I, I literally started that last night. So I'm only halfway through the first episode. It's, it's very interesting. It was interesting. Matt talked about it a few weeks ago and he was saying that he found the first episode quite slow, but Matt doesn't watch many documentaries. And I, I, yeah. I think it's more to do with, with that in the pacing of it and how they, you know, they're setting everything up to talk about the hotel. And it is sort of based around this one woman is sort of the basis of it, but they're also exploring the wider things that go on in that hotel as well, because it has this long history from the 1920s and this litany of horrible things that had happened in that hotel. So uh, they're covering more of that. And the hotel is sort of a character in itself. Finding it very, very interesting, but it was late and I only kind of got through half an episode, but I will be going back and watching the rest of that. There's only four episodes in that. Yeah. It was, of course, the Golden Globes last night. Soul actually won Best Animated Film in uh, Golden Globes hey. last night. Uh, Brits did very well. We took about 40% of the awards over here. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya picked one up for Judas and the Black Messiah, John Boyega for Small Axe, Shit's Creek did really well, Catherine O'Hara won for that, and it won, I think, Best Comedy, Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso, which Matt was talking about a few weeks ago, Soul also picked up Best Score for uh, Trent Rasner, Attica Ross and John Baptiste got that. The Crown, I think, picked up four awards. It won Best TV Series, got awards for Charles and Diana, so uh, Josh O'Connor and Emma Corrin. And Gillian Anderson won for Margaret Thatcher as well in that. And that was a great performance, so that was good. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy won for Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit also won Best Limited Series. Best Actor in a Film. I feel very sorry for everybody else in this category because nobody was going to beat a posthumous award for a Chadwick Boseman for Maroney's yeah. Blackmore. There was just no one, you know, I mean, you're up against Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman, uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, Tara Remin in that. But I mean, that nobody stood a chance against Chadwick Boseman in that. So uh, he picked up the award for that. Uh, there's a film called Nomadland, which uh, got Best Director and also got a Best Film. Shasha Baron Cohen won for Best Musical Comedy Film and also won for Best Actor in Musical Comedy Film as well. And that was up against Hamilton, although I can see why people people maybe didn't vote for Hamilton because it is great and that film version is wonderful but it is essentially a film of a stage 
you know, yeah. so, you know <laughs> kind of cheating a little bit. But so Borat subsequent movie film picked up best actor and uh, best film for that. Generally, Brits did pretty well in the awards last night, which is good. In terms of uh, stuff I've been watching, I finished Vikings finally. I have got through all the seasons of it. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's interesting, those final couple of seasons, because Vikings is one of those shows, a bit like Game of Thrones, that is not afraid to kill off major cast members at various points. You were kind of coming into those last few seasons, and very early on, there is sort of some fairly major deaths of characters you've been following for quite a while. And you do think, huh, okay, so they're going to do the final season without any of these big names. So that was sort of interesting going into that. But I I think it ends in a really, really nice place. It uh, wraps up very well. There is, of course, a sort of sequel-ish show, which is going to be coming to Netflix. It's done by the same guys. It's set about 100 years later, though, I think. So it won't have the same characters, but it's set in that sort of same historical world of the ancient vikings but it's it's going to be so it's going to be dealing with vikings in the uk uh, or you know england as it was and uh, all that sort of stuff so i'm quite looking forward to that but uh, yeah if you like things like game of thrones and those sort of big epic historical feeling kind of dramas uh, vikings is certainly worth a look that's all up on amazon if you want to go and watch that interestingly straight after i finished vikings i thought oh well go and start watching big sky which is one of the new shows on star Catherine winnick who is one of the two female leads in that, also played Lagatha on Vikings. And I, I hadn't kind of realized that she was in both. So I went straight from watching her in Vikings to watching her in Big Sky. Big Sky, I thought the opening episode is great. You're sort of going through it and thinking, oh, well, this is kind of an interesting crime drama. It's about a couple of girls who are on this road trip. They're going to meet one of the girl's boyfriends. They're sort of texting backwards and forwards and they go missing while they're on the road you do see what happens to them so you know why they go missing and you know who takes them which is sort of interesting how they set that up so you are following them in obviously being kidnapped and you're following what happens to them you're also following this group of private investigators the son of which is the boyfriend and them trying to go and find the girls so that's how it's sort of set up there is a fairly major plot twist at the end of that uh, end of episode one end of episode one Oh, there, is a, there is a proper kind of what the <laughs> moment at the end of yeah. that. It's just superb and uh, sort of makes you just want to go straight away watching the second episode. There's three episodes up there now, even though it's been out in America, they're doing the usual Disney Plus thing of releasing everything weekly. So uh, you can uh, go and catch that up on there. But it is really good. If you like those sort of big crime dramas, it's uh, really interesting and really fun one to go and watch. The other thing I watched this week because I had access to the DC Press site, I got the first episode of Superman and Lois and uh, watched through that, which was like a feature length. It's basically a movie. It's two hour feature length episode really really interesting show it's Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tullock who played Superman Lois in Supergirl and the crossover of various sort of Arrowverse things 
Tonally, it's very, very, very different to anything we've seen in the Arrowverse. It's almost as if they took something like This Is Us and smashed it into a superhero show. It's got far more kind of family drama stuff going on. There is a lot of the superhero stuff as well. The setup for it is obviously Superman and Lois. Morgan Edge is kind of the big villain behind everything. They're not using Lex, they're using Morgan Edge instead. He's the person that's come in and sort of bought the Daily Planet and they're making changes and cuts and all that sort of thing. So they're dealing with that. It ends up with them moving from Metropolis to moving back to Smallville. So it is based in Smallville as opposed to being based in Metropolis, which is sort of very different. Yeah, with all the Arrowverse shows, they're based in big cities. So this is quite oh. interesting tonally because it's, it is based in this small rural community. You've also got the two boys in there as well which if you've been listening to the show you we've mentioned this before that they've got twin boys now who are aged up to being teenagers so there's some weird timeline stuff going on with this i don't know whether it's set in like later on in the history of the arrowverse because when we last saw them they were just being born i don't know whether there's something weird going on there or whether you know i'm not sure how they're explaining that or whether it's just moved on into the 10 15 years into the future that brings a sort of interesting different dynamic to it because you've got Jonathan who's this very outgoing happy athletic young kid and then you've got his brother Jordan who is far more introverted far more anxious and both the children may or may not have superpowers and when we open the episode they don't know that their father is Superman as well it's just got an intriguing somewhat slightly different dynamic to it it doesn't feel like the other Arrowverse shows it feels very much like it's something that could be at home on hbo max those sort of more dramatic things there is still a lot of decent superhero stuff in there is you know there is a big villain which is known as the stranger and who is somebody that's messing around with the nuclear power plants and superman has to go and stop him so you get sort of the superhero stuff going on there so it's not like it's completely turned into something else and a complete family drama it's just that tonally that's where it is but you also have the superhero stuff mixed into it as well so it feels like a much more i don't want to say adult show but it feels like it's a matured show you know mm. it feels like a next step really for the I think, uh, yeah i'm gonna try to extend the genre because yeah. we've been very used to for years the flash arrow supergirl style thing and i suppose they want something different rather than a carbon copy don't they they, yeah. they don't want to put just the same back in there um, i'm thinking about how successful legends is technically because they really have taken what was there and they've just made it so funny so self-referential that that is having a long-lasting effect on the fans and i suppose they need to bring something in that isn't just going to carbon copy the arrow and and supergirl when that goes so yeah exactly it certainly seems like a step up and a step forward for the arrowverse shows and i think it sort of needed that you know i, I think had you just done more of the same the, the sort of stuff that you had with with arrow you know i mean it's it's just totally very very different to the others i love legends and i love the fact that it's fun and silly and yeah, very much knows what it is but i think 
think with Superman and Lois, it is going to be a really interesting one to watch. You know, although it is a more mature show, there isn't stupid amounts of violence or anything like that, like you got maybe in the Superman film, which it was sort of criticized for. It's very much, they understand the characters extremely well. There is a lot of love for these characters and they, they have protected that. Everything that they're doing seems very much in character for both Superman, Clark and Lois Lane. I'm hoping we get it over here. We've not had an announcement for it yet. The latest that I'm hearing from Sky is the Arrowverse shows that Flash and Supergirl and Legends are likely to be somewhere over here, the Sky One shows. So that will be June, July, Uh. August at some point. Don't know exactly when yet. Part of the reason for that is, you know, there's a lot of breaks in the US when they air these and Flash, Supergirl and Legends haven't even started airing yet. That's why. I think Flash starts next week and they want to try and bring them all all back together. I think they want to run them as as a group like they usually do. So they're going to keep it hold of it for a few months and uh, and run them together. So it's likely to be summer before we actually get them over here, which I know sucks, but I get why they're doing it. No announcement whether we're getting Superman and Lois yet, but given that it's going to be a while before we get the other shows, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to announce if they have or haven't got it yet. Hopefully they do pick it up because it is really good. Just don't not to E4, please. Please do not yeah, give it to not, E4. This please. is a public service announcement. <laughs> yes, please not E4. E4 seems to have turned into some sort of strange reality channel recently, which is slightly worrying. I'm not been impressed with their programming recently. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, when it does land, it is going to be worth watching, definitely. That's all the stuff I've been watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> So we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Couple of cancellations for you. Younger is going to be ending after its seventh season. I think that airs on Comedy Central over here. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Seventh season is either the one that's currently airing or the one that's coming very soon. I think the UK is a little bit behind. We've just got season five, I want to say. And I know six has already gone out, but there's because of COVID, there's been like an 18 month delay. So um, I've been watching it and because Comedy Central dropped it all through this lockdown period yeah. i watched it. it was really good i know it's based on a book so i can only imagine they've come to their natural end with the books because it's the longest running program on the channel i kept reading these articles oh, right. about it being really successful for this program to last that long on the channel so i imagine they wouldn't be ending it not being successful i think it's probably just the books have come to a natural end right that may be the case but uh they've said that it's ending with its seven season so uh that will hopefully have a proper conclusion to that twilight zone 
will not be returning, they've announced as well, which is a bit of a shame. Of course, CBS All Access, which is where it airs in the US, is turning into Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus announced a whole bunch of new shows coming, but one of the things that they did announce was The Twilight Zone will not be one of them. Did you catch any of these? I caught a couple uh, yeah. of episodes and they uh, were fine, but... They were good. I mean, I was just a classic. I ran out of time before they went off of now. I started yeah. watching them on an evening and then suddenly it said one day left. And I was like, oh, that's so frustrating because I was like, I think I was three episodes into season one. So yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I, I do like anthology stuff because I don't have to, like, I can watch them as and when because when you go back in, you don't have to remember the previous episode. But yeah, yeah. this one I definitely missed. I watched the first couple of ones which had quite big names in the first yeah. two. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed them, but I mean, at least it's not like ending on a cliffhanger because it was an anthology series. So, you know, we've had a couple of seasons of it. It's one of those shows that give it 10 years that we'll be back in another form because they've, they've been like, this is like the fourth or fifth version of The Twilight Zone so far. So I'm sure somebody will pick it up again in like 10, 15 years and there'll be another version out there. In terms of renewals, there's one that's been renewed, Elite, which has been renewed for a fifth season, which the fourth season hasn't even gone out yet. This is a Netflix show. Um, I think it's about a private boarding school or something, but uh, yeah, I've not watched any of it, but that's been renewed for a fifth season as well. It was the Press Association Winter Tour this week, which means that there were quite a lot of announcements about shows that are returning and people giving dates out. Disney pretty much laid out everything that's coming all through the summer. We have lots and lots of dates for that. Falcon Winter Soldier, we already knew, was coming on the 19th. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers coming on the 26th of March. Big Shot, which is the new show with John Stamos in the lead. He plays a men's basketball coach who must take a job at an all-girls high school. That's coming on the 16th of April. 4th of May, we have Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is the new Dave Filoni animated series. So in the vein of Clone Wars and all those sort of things, based around a group of slightly dysfunctional clones, which we've seen in um, Clone Wars and Rebels. That's going to be launching on May the 4th because Star Wars Day, but its regular slot will be Fridays from the 7th. So the first episode's going out on May the 4th. The next episodes will go out on May 7th, and then it'll be subsequent Fridays after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14th of March, High School Musical, the musical, the series season two, as if that title couldn't get any longer. High School Musical is something that utterly bypassed me. So 14th of March, if you want to watch any of that. 11th of June, Loki is the official confirmed date for that. So uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on uh, 19th of March. I think it's only like four or six episodes, Falcon Winter Soldier, and then we've got Loki coming in June. Oh. June 11th is also going to see Zenimation Season 2 land on Disney Plus as well, which I haven't actually looked at any of these, but uh, basically it's a bunch of soundscapes that they put together with music from Walt Disney Animated Studios. So they're kind of versions of music from the films overlaid by interesting imagery from various animations that have sort of been put together that are supposed to give you kind of this zen relaxing feel i mean i can't imagine it's hugely expensive for them to shove something like that together but that's that's coming for a season two so if you've watched any of the first season of that as a sort of way to chill out there is another set of those coming 25th of june you've got mysterious benedict society which is uh, based on the books by trenton lee stewart uh, tony hale starring in the lead 
made of that. That looks like it could be quite fun. 7th of July, Monsters at Work, which is sort of a follow-on from Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. So that's those characters back in the new animated series. Turner and Hooch, which is this new version of Turner and Hooch they've got coming. That's on the 16th of July. Chippendale Park Life is the last thing they announced, which is a new animated thing using the Chippendale characters. And that's on the 23rd of July. That's landing. That's stuff coming on Disney+. Plus. Anything leap out at you in there? Well, obviously, I'm very keen for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I had this this vain hope that they would almost sort of feed into Loki. But if you're saying it's only six episodes, that's probably not going to cover. We're going to be a whole month of May without a... Quite possibly, <laughs> yeah. But I know there's a, isn't there a documentary coming the Friday after the final episode Wonder, to WandaVision to bridge the gap between WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, no, no, that's good. I really enjoyed High School Musical. I know Matt did as well, so I'll probably be watching that. And Monsters at Work. I'm curious about what that looks like for later in the summer. But no, some great content. I'm I'm really pleased that Disney now are upping their game. A shame it had to come with a price hike, but it's now becoming a real justified streaming service in the UK. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I understand the price hike with the addition of Star and the fact that they've frozen prices for people that are already subscribed for like six months. So you get your renewal. If you're renewing yearly, you'll get the renewal for the same price you got it last year, which is good. Mysterious Benedict Society does look interesting. It's got a kind of vibe of Netflix's Limony Snicket from the little bits that I've seen of it, I think. So I think that could be quite an interesting one to watch. And Tony Hale's just wonderful. So I might give that a try when that comes out. That's 25th of June for Mysterious Benedict Society. I might try Turner and Hooch as well because I quite like the movie for that. Outside of uh, Disney, although still Disney adjacent in this particular case, uh, Good Doctor has got a season four premiere in the UK. That's coming the 16th of March on Now TV and Sky Witness. That will be turning up. Handmaid's Tale has a US air date. doesn't have a UK air date yet, but uh, it's arriving 28th of April on Hulu in the US. That won't be coming to star in the UK as far as we're aware because it's made by an outside studio. So it's not owned directly by Disney. So it should still come to Channel 4, assuming Channel 4 have bought it, which is I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't because that's quite a big show for them. Hopefully it will only be a few weeks behind. So I would expect that maybe to show up in May on Channel 4, but they've not confirmed anything yet. So we don't know. But just to give you an idea of when it may land, 28th of April in the US for Handmaid's Tale season four jupiter's legacy has a premiere date which is this live action adaptation of the mark miller and frank quietly comic book it's an epic superhero drama that spans decades and navigates the complex dynamics of family power and loyalty after nearly a century of keeping mankind safe the world's first generation of superheroes must look to their children to continue their legacy but tensions rise as the young superheroes hungry to prove their worth struggle to live up to their parents legendary public reputations and exacting personal standards so uh, i read the book for this and uh, it's really interesting idea so uh, coming to netflix on friday the 7th of may that is and that's called jupiter's legacy that could be quite a good one to watch Uh, 26th of march the irregulars is coming this is set in victoria london it's a series that follows a gang of troubled delinquent teens who are manipulated into solving crimes for the sinister dr watson and his elusive partner sherlock holmes so it's a sort of interesting kind of dark twisted take on the sort of whole Sherlock Holmes thing it's got some supernatural elements in it as well uh, it looks like 
it could be a quite an interesting series, but uh, that's the irregulars. That's coming on the 26th of March. And uh, Better Call Saul, the sixth and final season of that, they have said is not likely to air until the first quarter of 2022, just because it got, I think they'd started shooting it and then it got delayed because of COVID. They've just got to try and get everybody back in the same room because it's difficult with that cast because the cast are all very, very busy. So they will have other projects that they're dealing with as well. So it's trying to get everybody's schedule back lined up again, I think, and, and just trying to make sure that everybody's safe because you have got some elderly cast members on that show as well so you have to make sure that everything is safe and you know everybody's vaccinated and they can actually do it without anybody contracting covid so uh, that is likely not to come back until the first quarter of 2020 that's the sixth and final season of better call Saul. moving on to uh, the aforementioned paramount plus they announced a whole massive load of shows that they're bringing out when Paramount Plus launches. Not immediately, but they are over the course of Paramount Plus's launch. Paramount Plus is a streaming service which was CBS All Access in the US. It is launching internationally, not in the UK yet. It may come eventually, but it's not launching in the UK yet. Uh, the only confirmed locations outside of the USA are Latin America, Canada, the Nordic countries, and Australia. Australia is where they're launching it initially. Whether or not it does come to the UK, obviously some of these shows will get picked up either running on directly on Paramount Plus if they do launch it or potentially get picked up by other broadcasters here. So uh, the dramas they announced, uh, Criminal Minds, which was cancelled about 18 months ago, is coming back for a 10-episode series. So it's going to be a short run, but it's a sort of self-contained thing. It's going to bring back some of the original cast members, and it's going to follow one case rather than being a sort of episodic procedural, which I think is an interesting way of doing it. I've never really watched Criminal Minds. I don't know whether that's one that you followed. No, it's nothing that I've not been yeah. a follower of that. If you're a fan of Criminal Minds have thought it was dead. Surprise, it's back. It's got to be the fastest turnaround for a sort of, not a show being cancelled and picked up, but literally a restart continuation of a show. 18 months is a pretty quick turnaround to suddenly decide to pick it back up again. That is coming back. They've got Flashdance, which is obviously based on the uh, film version. That is a young woman struggles to make a mark in the ballet world while navigating romance, money, art and friendship and how to love herself. It's from the award-winning Mad Men writer Tracy McMillan, who's writing and exec producing. Drama series picks up from where the story left off, but in present day. So it is, I, I think, a continuation of that film. It's directed by Angela Robinson, who worked on True Blood. Uh, Halo, which was originally a Showtime series, has now been moved across onto Paramount+. Plus. This, of course, is a TV series based on the iconic Xbox franchise. It follows the Master Chief. It's set in Halo's epic universe and cast of characters they've added a few new people in as well it's them battling the uh, threat of the covenant it's uh, pablo schreiber from orange is the new black and american gods is playing master chief that's not coming until 2022 though i think they announced that in like 2018 so it's been a long long time in development that but uh, yeah 2022 that is coming uh, they've got a show called Landman, which is set in the proverbial broom towns of West Texas. Landman is a modern day take of fortune seeking in the world of oil rigs. The series is an upstairs downstairs story of roughnecks and wildcat billionaires fuming a boom so big. It's reshaping our climate economy and geopolitics. So uh, yes, oil rig kind of drama. That sounds like it could be interesting. Love Story, which 
comes from Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who are the exec producers of Gossip Girl, The O.C. It's a series based on the film Love Story, basically. Uh, so that's a sort of another adaptation they're doing. They've got uh, Mayor of Kingstown, which is following the McLusky family. Uh, Power Brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, where the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry. Tackling themes of systematic racism, corruption, inequality. The series provides a start look at their attempts to bring order and justice to a town that has neither. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, of course, is also one of the new series coming, which follows Captain Pike, Spock, and number one a decade before Captain Kirk joined the Enterprise. So uh, I'm you know, hugely looking forward to that because it's supposed to be very much in the vein of the original Star Trek, which sounds like it's quite good. There's uh, The Italian Job, which is yet again another one where they've taken a film and turned it into a TV series. This one follows the grandchildren of the legendary Charlie Crooker, who inherits an old safety deposit box, which restarts the quest for the infamous Italian bullion from Matt Wheeler, who is one of the guys behind a Y50. So uh, it could be quite fun, that, I guess. I can almost predict the style of it if it's like from Hawaii Five O and the American yeah. people. So I can sort of see that in my head. I think it, it's an interesting one to turn into a series as well, because the, the Italian job's kind of a beloved thing. So I think that's an interesting one to pick up. The Man Who Fell to Earth, which we mentioned a few weeks ago, starring Chiwetel Adjiofor as the lead role. They've got that coming. The Offer, which is a scripted limited event series based on Oscar-winning producers Al Ruddy's extraordinary never-revealed experiences in making The Godfather, which is he's getting very meta because it's a sort of TV show about making a movie rather than a TV show about a movie. It's a 10-episode event series that is written and exact produced by Michael Tolkien, who did Escape from Dan and Mora and The Player. It's about making The Godfather, which apparently is a story in itself. So I'm intrigued by that, see what that's like. The Parallel Relax View, which is a scripted series based on another one based on a film. Uh, you've got Y1883, which is a prequel to Yellowstone and uh, follows the Dutton family as they bark on a journey west through the Great Plains towards the last bastion of untamed America. We mentioned that one a few weeks ago. There is another spin-off, which is currently called 6666. Mm. And uh, founded when Comanche still ruled West Texas, no ranch in the America is more steeped in history of the West than the 6666, still operating as it did two centuries before and encompassing an entire county. The 6666 is where the rule of law and the lords of nature merge in a place where the most dangerous thing one does is the next thing. The 6666 is synonymous with the merciless endeavour to raise the finest horses and livestock in the world and ultimately where world-class cowboys are born and made. So that sounds like Yellowstone potentially has a prequel coming and a spin-off series coming which uh, could be quite interesting anything out of those no do you know what dave i'm thinking none of them jump at me as if like oh my god i really want to see that i've, I've just been i scanned back up the list again as you were talking i was just like what what do i want to see you know i'm not sure i'm not sure i'd, I'd probably want to see some trailers but nothing yeah. is jumping at me like when they sort of released talked about star or when they talked about disney plus mm. um maybe that's you know just because I probably want to see visuals I want to see trailers but yeah no nothing at the moment there's a lot of stuff in there which is based on movies as well which yeah. is interesting CBS and Paramount Plus because they're all part of Viacom CBS as we mentioned last week you know 
know they've got new versions of CSI coming. They've got new versions of NCIS coming. So Criminal Minds landing on here and thing based on Love Story. You've got thing based on Flashdance. You've got thing based on the Italian job. You've got the offer, which is you know telling the backstory to how the Godfather got made. You've got the Parallax View, which is based on a film. And then yeah. you've got two spin-offs from Yellowstone. So there is a lot of stuff which is spin-off from other things. And then, of course, you've got Star Trek Strange from New Worlds, which is also a spin-off, although I am very much looking forward to that. I think the Italian job sounds like it could be quite good fun. The offer I'm quite interested in seeing because I'm quite a big fan of The Godfather. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Speaking of sort of remakes and spin-offs, I put the kids' shows in. We've not covered everything, but I put the kids' shows in because there's a lot of the kids' shows I thought might be quite interesting for some people because Avatar, which is hugely, hugely popular animated series, Avatar The Last Airbender, Nickelodeon's new animated studio division dedicated entirely creating content based on the widely popular world of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legends of Korra, led by series of original creators Mike DiMartinino and Brian Koninsko in partnership with the Nickelodeon animation studio. Avatar Studios will produce for Paramount Plus a wide range of Avatar-inspired content ranging from spin-offs and theatrical releases to short form as well. So there is a whole bunch of new Avatar stuff and Legend of Korra things coming by the sounds of it for that. So if you're a fan of Avatar, there's going to be a lot to look out for. Dora the Explorer, a live action series for that, uh, designed for an older audience of kids. That will be coming. iCarly, there is a new series of that with a new chapter for the most successful kids sitcom of all time with original cast member Miranda Cosgrove, Nathan Cress and Jerry Trainer join new friends for a look at these characters in their present day lives. Camp Coral, which is a uh, SpongeBob spin-off called Camp Coral SpongeBob Under Years. First ever spin-off from SpongeBob SquarePants, Camp Coral is a CG animated original series that takes viewers back to when the iconic characters of Bikini Bottom met for the very first time at a summer camp. Rugrats, an all-new series featuring the iconic Nickelodeon babies with the original voice cast returning for that. Star Trek Prodigy, which we've talked before about, which is, is going to be coming on Nickelodeon, but he's initially going to premiere on Paramount. This is the first ever Star Trek for kids. It's got Captain Janeway, I think, in that. Um, they, they announced she will be uh, voicing her character in that. And Fairly Odd Parents, a live action take on Nick's long running and most successful animated hit. So uh, those are the kids shows that are coming. Are there any of those your generation? Because they're all a bit after mine. Rugrats, probably something I used to watch quite a lot when I was uh, younger. So I saw some of the images come up on social media this weekend. They're scary sort of takes on the cartoon. So I'll be interested to see what they do. It's good that they've got the original voice cast. But yeah, it's like that thing where they never grow up and we've all grown up by 20 plus years and they're still the same age and size. But yeah, I think that one takes my interest out of all of them. I'm quite intrigued to see Star Trek Prodigy, which I know is going to be aimed as a kid's show, but I'd just be interested to see how they handle that. Um, They've done fairly well with the Star Trek franchise so far. I mean, Star Trek Lower Decks, I thought was hilarious. That's on Amazon over here, but it's well worth watching. It fits in very, very well with the Star Trek stuff. In terms of the comedy, Frasier is back for Mm. a new series. Fan of Frasier? I used to watch it, not like religiously as I have done like Friends and Will and Grace, but it was something that 
I know one of my jobs, it was always on in the morning in Channel 4. Right. So I'd sometimes be getting ready for work and it'd be playing episodes there. I, I remember it, yeah. But I enjoyed it. I can't remember every episode. But, you know, we'll see what they can do with it. And I wonder if they're, how many of the originals they're bringing back. There is one major problem with that in that John Mahoney sadly passed away. He played Fraser's father in the series and was a, a very integral part of that series as Martin. And was sort of the reason, you know, the entire setup for it was that Frazier had moved to Seattle from Boston where he was based in Cheers after his marriage had broken up and was hoping to live this sort of new bachelor life and then his dad gets kind of dumped on him because you know he's he's had to retire from the police force after being after an injury he ends up sort of looking after his dad and that's where you get like a therapist and caregiver which was uh, Daphne Moon come in which was played by Jane Leaves so there are a couple of characters in there that, that don't know whether they're going to be in there moving forward but Kelsey Grammer is definitely back they have said that David Hyde Pierce has been approached about coming back as Niles don't know whether any of the other cast have but um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that because they haven't given much background about what the setup will be or anything just to say that they are making it so mm. uh, that we want to watch out for another movie connected one they've got Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies with both classic and new songs and a diverse cast the series is a prequel to the unforgettable musical film Grease tells the story of how Frenchie's older sister Jane founded the Pink Ladies so that's the setup for that it's uh, exec produced by Annabelle Oakes who was the person behind Atypical and Transparent Marty Bowen who was on Twilight and Eric Fague who was La La Land so you know some good names behind it but again another film spin-off thing they've got Guilty Party which is a dark comedy starring Kate Beckinsale as a discredited journalist who finds herself in over her head as she latches onto a story of a young mother sentenced to life in jail for murdering her husband a crime she claims she didn't commit don't know any more about that than that but uh, that that's a comedy coming uh, Inside Amy Schumer has been resurrected so uh, very much depends whether you're a fan of Amy Schumer but that is coming back they're doing a new series of that on there Reno 911 The Hunt for QAnon is <laughs> set up there so this is an event series based on the long-running hit Reno 911. The Game, which is the popular BET sitcom, which returned with a mix of original characters and new players. The Harper House, which is an animated family comedy that follows an overconfident female head of a household that she struggles to regain a higher status for herself and a family of oddballs after losing a job and moving from the rich side to the poor side of an Arkansas small town. The Weekly Show with Trevor Noah, which I thought was quite interesting. It looks like Trevor Noah may be doing a weekly show they've only announced an initial six episode series of this but uh, it's going to be a longer form version of the daily show essentially by the sounds of it i like trevor noah a lot i watch the daily show most days i'm i'm up for them doing that younger as we mentioned that is coming back for final season uh the untitled beavis and butthead movie you mentioned a while back that was returning and they've got a movie version of workaholics as well which is a made for streaming movie based on the Comedy Central series as well. Anything in there? A lot more in the comedy list that I, I feel more interested in. Uh, Guilty Party, I think, Inside Amy Schumer. Obviously, I'm already watching Younger. I like the idea of the Workaholics movie. and that. So yeah, comedy is stealing it for me um, over the dramas that we read about earlier. Yeah, um, I think I'm slightly the opposite. <laughs> I think there's probably more in the drama. Um, I am intrigued to see what they do with Frasier. The Grease thing could be interesting, I guess. Uh, the Weekly Show with Trevor Noah is 
certainly something I'll watch. Interesting stuff in there. As I say, Paramount Plus is not launching in the UK as yet, as far as we know. It may never launch in the UK. It may launch, we don't know at the moment. But if it doesn't launch, there is a very, very solid chance that some of these shows will end up on UK channels over here. So, Mm. uh, I mean, it's an interesting one because Viacom CBS own Channel 5 and all the related Channel 5 networks over here. So you'd kind of think that this would be an obvious place to launch it, that streaming service and integrate all the Channel 5 stuff into it as well. But seemingly not. I'm I'm surprised they didn't announce a UK launch at the same time as everybody else. But They're we'll probably trying to... to manage all the contracts, aren't they? they yeah, it's, it's, I mean... Yeah, it's turned around very quickly, hasn't it, in terms of like CBS All Access becoming Paramount Plus. So yeah. I imagine it's probably just trying to iron out who has the deals to some of their other acquisitions and what they're going to do to manage it. I wouldn't be surprised if it it comes as part of a package on one of our existing streaming services. I can't see the UK market coping with another one, but I could see it quite easily being like a a now acquisition, uh, now and sky acquisition maybe, or an Amazon additional channel or something. Yeah, I mean, quite possible. Quite possible it will come on that way. I don't know. It may be something that they do is a sort of maybe they'll launch with a free version and a paid version or something i don't don't know we'll have to wait and see what happens with that um as i say at the moment they have not confirmed one way or another they i mean they are planning on expanding into more places over the next year or so uh the only places that are announced at the moment are latin america canada the nordics and australia is where it's launching i think the australian version is actually attached to some of their tv networks so it wouldn't surprise me if it's somehow attached to sort of channel five and whether there's some rebranding goes on with those channels as well but uh we'll we'll see we'll you know we'll bring you more on that when you know we eventually hear something in terms of other news stories we have some casting news for a hbo series the time traveler's wife which we announced ages and ages ago they picked up it comes from stephen moffat who of course he's you know knows something about time travel because he was the showrunner on doctor who they've announced the cast of of the people that are going to be taking the leads lead in this uh, series version that they're doing for HBO. Rose Leslie is taking the lead as Claire Abishir, the fiery, clever, and unstoppable person that uh, is for most of her life. She's had an amazing secret. Since the age of six, she has an imaginary friend, a kind and funny man, sometimes old, sometimes young, who appears in the woods behind her house and tells her tales of the future. Since the visits from the mysterious Henry are bright spots in the tedium of her childhood, as the years pass, she grows into a beautiful young woman and starts to realise her friend is not imaginary he's a time traveler visiting from the future he's also not from any old future but he's from her future claire has a literal date with destiny one day she's going to meet a young man called henry de tamble whom she'll know very well but who won't recognize her at all and she will be become the time traveler's wife she's taking the main female lead then theo james is taking the main lead as henry who's been a time traveler since he was eight it's not a superpower it's a condition which he can't help sometimes when henry is stressed or worried and sometimes for no reason at all he loses his grip on his current moment and falls naked into the past or the future one minute he's making breakfast the next he's naked in his hoedown in 1973 he can be stuck there for minutes or for months he never knows his life is a roller coaster of constant danger and white knuckle survival until one day he 
meets a beautiful redhead in a library where he works. Her name is Claire, and though he's never seen her before, she claims to have known him all her life. Finally, his curse has given him something good, and Claire and Henry are about to have the time of their lives. Uh, of course, Rose Leslie is best known as you know nothing, just know your grit in uh, Game of Thrones. She's also in The Good Fight and was in Downton Abbey as well. Theo James was in the Diversion series, uh, was in Sedition as well. He's also done a number of voice characters. He's voiced people in uh, Castlevania and the Dark Crystal TV series, Age of Resistance as well. Stephen Moffat is the person behind it, showrunner on Doctor Who, co-creator of Sherlock and Dracula. I'm kind of interested in this. I, th- I, I don't know. I know there was a film version and mm. I didn't, I've never seen the film version. I know it's based on a book, never read the book, but I'm quite quite interested i can see how this could work as a tv series and i do think stephen moffat is probably quite a good person to do it and i like the casting choices so yeah i like it i liked the film when it first came out a lot of people didn't like the film i i went to the film without reading the book and a lot of my friends who read the book said the film didn't do it enough justice but right. um, no i really liked it and actually i'll probably watch a tv program like this it's got it's quite a nice story because it's not nefarious in the way that he does it and he doesn't it's not like a power it's quite a different take on the story it's, mm. it's just he can't help it so yeah i i think it's a really intriguing interesting idea and like you say it's i suspect that there may be something a bit sort of outlanderish about it i mean i love outlander outlander is a great show and I, I rather think that there may be something a little bit of that in it tonally so um i can envisage how this might work i'm looking forward to that and i think it's a good group of people behind it and hbo is a great place for something like that because it's hbo that should land on sky atlantic when it eventually comes out there's no date for when that's going to be released yet but now the casting's in place it's i mean, i suspect it'll be next year sometime edgar wright it has been announced he's set to potentially adapt a new version of stephen king's the running man um which i think is a really interesting choice for that running man if you don't know set in a totalitarian dystopian future of 2025 which we're scarily close to follows the story of ben richards an impoverished resident of co-op city he puts himself forward to appear on a games network a government operated tv station that runs violent game shows in order to earn enough money to gain medical care for his critically ill daughter he is selected up for a show called the running man where the contestant is declared an enemy of the state and after being given a 12-hour head start he is hunted by an elite team of hitmen employed by the network he earns money for every hour he stays alive and also for any hitmen he kills if he survives 30 stays he gains the grand prize of one billion dollars that's the setup for it that is slightly different to the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie which of course a lot of people will probably know because the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie took the basic idea of it but then took huge liberties with how the story actually ran so they changed it quite differently he was like a revolutionary I think in that and it's this is a slightly different you know this is based far far more on the original novel than it is based on the film it's going back to the original source so Edgar Wright of course known for working with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in Spaced also did The Baby Driver as well which is a really good film he's uh, got a lot of critical acclaim for a, a documentary about the band Sparks he's been doing recently which is a sort of a slightly interesting sidestep his next film is called The Last Night in Soho which is the final performances of both Diana Rigg and Margaret Nolan in it that is the next thing he's doing but um, Edgar is director and co-writing the story alongside Michael Bacall who previously worked on Edgar's film Scott Pilgrim vs. The World he also wrote 21 and 22 Jump Street 
Simon Kimberg, who worked on The Martian, Logan and Deadpool, is producing. Any interest in this? Yeah, I love Edgar Wright's work, so I probably would be tempted to to watch that. I'd probably have to go back and watch The Running Man as a reminder to see how they use it. That, I, I remember watching that when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, uh, I vaguely remember it, one of those sort of Saturday night movies when it came on the BBC. But yeah, I'd, I'd need to refresh of that story. Yeah, as I say, it, this is very much gone back to the original source material, so it's going to be a much closer adaptation to the original book than the Schwarzenegger movie was, which I think is possibly a good thing. I like Edgar Wright a lot. I think this is quite a good area for him, I would have thought, because there is a certain amount of kind of dark, dark humour you can put into something like this, and I think you know Edgar's somebody that does that sort of thing very, very well. On a slightly lighter note, there is a new Banana Man series in development, um, weirdly by Fox, of all people. So uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Banana Man, he's a fruit-based superhero and a young boy called Eric Wimp, an ordinary schoolboy living at 29 Acacia Road, who transforms into the super-strong, flying, invulnerable adult superhero Banana Man whenever he eats a banana. First appeared in 1980 in the pages of the comic Nutty and then got shoved across to the dandy and then was in the Beano. So uh, very much an iconic British kind of superhero character. Just to slightly depress anybody older listening to this, he celebrated his 40th anniversary last year. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember Banana Man a lot. And there was, of course, an animated series before, which was run on the BBC, voiced by mm-hmm. the goodies, which I'm sure a number of people will remember. It ran from 83 to 86. And uh, you can actually get all three seasons of that on Amazon Prime. And that was a wonderfully fun series. I love, love the goodies to death. And they were great for that. It was really good. The people behind this are Bento Box Animation, who are the, the animation company behind Bob's Burgers and Duncanville and Paradise PD and Central Park, the Apple show as well. It's that animation studio that are dealing with it. It's been weirdly commissioned by Fox in America, although they are looking to bring on a UK writer to actually deal with it. So, uh, yeah, thoughts? <laughs> I remember watching the cartoon when I was younger. Well, I was really young when it was, if it was on 1983, I must have watched the repeats because I was probably yeah. too young to recognise that. But yeah, I thought it was always quite a fun series. So I'll give it, I like Bob's Burgers and Duncanville. I like those um, as an output from that production company. I bear Paradise PD. I don't love it. Um, it's okay. But yeah, why not? I think actually that's a good programme. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that Fox of all places pick this up but you know okay fine it depends whether they're going to try and americanize it or not which slightly worries me but they are looking for a uk writer so we'll see how it goes that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv So highlights for next week. There aren't that many new things starting, but there is, as we mentioned, quite a lot coming back already. And, we, you know, people have got Star to look forward to and there's things coming up in the next few weeks as well. But this week, Pacific Rim The Black comes to Netflix on the 4th of March, which is an anime series based in the Pacific Rim universe. So if you're a fan of Pacific Rim, that could be worth a watch. That's on the 4th of March on Netflix. Deutschland 89, which is the sort of third, season of the Deutschland thing so following 83 and 86 that's coming to more for on the 5th of March at 9pm The Terror season 1 of that is coming to BBC 2 on the 5th of March at 9pm this of course is is an anthology series so season 1 is an entirely self-contained story BBC have only bought the first season as far as we're aware right now from Ridley Scott it's supposed to be very very good so uh, that's 5th of March at 9pm 
and uh, Dollface, which is a new thing coming to star on Disney Plus. That's coming on the fifth of March. It stars Kat Dennings, who of course Two Broke Girls and One Division we've seen her in recently. It's great. She's a young woman who, after being dumped by her longtime boyfriend, must deal with her own imagination in order to literally and metaphorically re-enter the world of women. That's the description for it. I'm quite happy watching Kat Dennings do this sort of stuff. I think she's <laughs> a wonderful, quirky actress. 5th of March, that is going to land and be added onto Star on Disney+. Plus. It's a Hulu series. We are going to be start getting Hulu content directly onto Star, as well as FX content moving forward as well. That's the first sort of new thing to be landing on there. But I'm quite looking forward to that. It's definitely one I'll be checking out. That's all we have for this week. If you want to find more on Gray and want to go and talk to him, where can they get you? Come over to Twitter at Gray the Geek uh, if you want to have a conversation with me or just see how often I complain about consumer issues. <laughs> follow me over there. Yeah, so go and check out Gray over there. If you want to talk to any other members of the team, you can, of course, go and find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes, that's B-Y-T-E-S, who's streaming daily and various evening streams. Should give a huge shout out to her. She's been doing more charity streams recently. She's, I mean, I, she's made a ridiculous amount of money for charity over the last few months, but uh, two grand, I think, they raised for one of the charity streams quite recently, which is just an amazing achievement. So she's doing a wonderful, wonderful job. And um, just her playing games, having fun, uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful stream to go and watch. It's really, really fun. So go and check Bex out over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. You can go and get Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots of more podcasts. Uh, Walking Dead, of course, is back this week as well. That's well gone out by the time you are hearing this. So we'll be back doing the Walking Dead podcast, which will go out on Wednesdays over there. So uh, go and check that out. I'll be back with Matt this week doing Walking Dead UK podcast. That's on entertainmenttalk.org. Daryl, you can go and find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love shot in Canada, which is basically every superhero and sci-fi show which is on air at the moment. So go and check all that, all the news out over on hollywoodnorthnews.net over there. For us, of course, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.